Hello, welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerba. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are home birth midwives serving the Denver metro area. Well, how are you doing this week? It is a weird week. Um, so I think I'm doing okay today, but I've had like a lot of insomnia, and then we've got dad's memorial service coming up this weekend. So we've just got a lot of things like we're getting clothes for the service and getting our nails done and having family in so lots of meals with family and stuff and and you know just and then in the middle of it I wasn't sleeping which the last couple nights I did but I was like oh this is a great week to have perimenopause insomnia decide to to get me although don't you think it must be somewhat stress related to like in your I know you don't it doesn't feel like it's tied to it, but just you've got to be stressed out with everything in the bed. Oh, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's what my therapist will say when I talk to her this week. <laughs> I was gonna say stress is a likely call. <laughs> yeah. Well, this week has been weird for me too, but not for any particular reason, just kind of sluggish or slow, or it's just so hot. It's it is so it's hot again. It's like what's happened? Yeah just not comfortable not like not pleasant so yeah. and we're both doing whole 30 right now so that it's is really like great boy it's, it's a great week when we're not sleeping and we're you know whatever it is stress and then it's like the perfect time to do whole 30 because <laughs> you can't eat fried food or anything like that so <laughs> maybe that is good it's like it's good <laughs> going too far off the rails but yeah I don't I just I don't really I want to just kind of go on record and say I don't generally like promote doing fad diet kind of things mm-hmm. I absolutely think mm-hmm. it's a fad I absolutely think keto is a fad mm-hmm. right in general what I know about weight loss and health is that non-restrictive dieting is a better I mean caloric restriction is key obviously that's how you lose weight but mm-hmm. um but when you're when you have such restrictive diets I think it's um it's hard there it's not sustainable it's um I don't know what the word is like discouraging I think or can be discouraging but right. we both just like, needed like a thing mm-hmm. we needed a reset button right. what were you gonna say I'm like sorry. that that um that TikTok and now meme going around, I don't know which one was first about the, if you replace, oh, potato chips. If you replace oh. potato chips with grapefruit as a snack, then it then you can, you know, suck all the joy out of your life, you know? <laughs> and food is, and we're pretty food oriented people. Like yeah. that's what we do when we hang out together and- right. Like we like good food and not just any food, like good food. Right, right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it is food and happiness are closely yes. related. And so it's, um, yeah, these these things are tough, but I definitely have gone totally off the deep end with how I've been eating through all of this stress. So I just need a little, yeah. need a little reset. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I am, our anniversary is on Saturday, so mm-hmm. I will not be doing Whole30 that day. Right. Which I do recognize makes it not a Whole30. 
Um, but but my official start date is August 1st. So I'm really going to buckle in. But we decided to do it this week as like a warm up week. Mm-hmm. So. And mine's going to be more like whole 20 because I have because I'm going on a trip. So I'm not going to be doing it on my trip at the end. <laughs> yes. And I mean, there is something to be said about low carb. You do lose weight a lot faster. It's a much faster way to lose weight, but mm-hmm. but it's not sustainable and it's not, I don't believe it's healthy in the long run. I'm getting like almost no fiber and I'm eating eight to nine right. servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Right. So there's not enough fiber in that. I totally agree. I, I don't think it's healthy to not eat beans and, you Old know, grains. brown rice and, you know, that kind of stuff. Totally, totally. Yeah. So just, so it's our disclaimer that we're doing kind of a wacky thing because we need yeah because we need to like get a grip on, we've been kind of spiraling all through COVID. And I think it's been hard. It's been really hard. The stress has been heavy. And Mm -hmm. so I do think we've been coping Mm -hmm. (laughs) by not eating as well. Unhealthy coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. in the form of ice cream and potato chips, which is my favorite, favorite coping mechanism. I mean, for me, I just, (laughs) I, it takes so few calories to put me into Mm -hmm. a game Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I just have, yeah, I, I'm Mm -hmm. a little person. I'm five, two, I'm very prone. I have the fluffy body type. Like it's just very, very easy for me to gain weight. And so honestly, just not tracking is, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just totally sets me up for a gain. Mm -hmm. So, so here we go. But it's been hard. It's been a, it's been a challenging week on that behalf or on that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So this week we, we realized we haven't done a practical advice for midwifery practice podcast for, um, quite a while. So we're going to do one today and we're going to focus on organizational tips for your midwifery practice. So, um, a lot of people have made comments and actually you can, um, we just did a TikTok about setting up for a birth, that might be something that people are interested in checking out. It's on also on Instagram under our IGTV mm-hmm. um, videos because it's pretty, it's two and a half minutes long. Um, and then also in the um, in the blog for this podcast, I will link to one of our bag, um, bag I do a bag tour in one of the videos. So um, I'll link a video there for people to see how we set up our birth bags visually, because I know it's kind of hard to hear about organization. Right. right. Um, so they're trying to add some visual in there for you. But but let's start with the office. Should we talk about how we have our office sure. organized? Um, of course, it doesn't matter like what the configuration of your office is, but let's talk about, um, you know, supplies and that kind of thing, maybe start with mm-hmm. that like things that we mm-hmm. keep in stock things that we kind of have processes for ordering maybe right so we've got some cabinets and an armoire in our office so we yeah. our armoire is currently stuffed full of gloves and masks mostly. and masks gloves and masks we have <laughs> so many gloves and masks yes. <laughs> probably so, through the next rest of our practice we probably will never yeah, have like, it, like we were having so much trouble getting gloves so we had all these orders in for gloves and then then they started coming like over the year and now we have quite a few gloves which 
we still use, you know, we still are using lots of gloves. There's, uh, I mean, we do anyway, right? But even more so with COVID. So we still use um, lots of that kind of stuff and we're still using masks and all of that. So that's all good, but it's like no longer a panic situation. We have- <laughs> And I'm we not have... wearing N95s anymore. So we're, we have a lot of N95s that we're not using. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so if anybody yeah so whenever we hear of somebody needing n95s we we share and um yeah so um and then and in our mention, i should mention part of the reason why we have this oversupply is that we could only buy them by the case for a while oh right right it's not like we could just buy a little box it was that right we had to buy high volume Right. Remember when we bought face shields, same thing, like, <laughs> and then we ended up using zero face shields, you know, so then we donated them, but that was a we had like a, like a whole bunch of face shields. Um, and they just weren't useful for us because they just weren't, they weren't what we needed. Okay. So, yeah. um, but, uh, hopefully they are being used happily where they were donated, but um okay so in our break room we've got our regular medical supplies so we've got our medications in there some of them have to be refrigerated um you know there's just lots of disposable supplies that midwives have to use so things uh, like we keep straight catheters amni hooks uh -huh. sutures lidocaine is a medication um all of our medications for storage are in the office Mm -hmm. um gauze cleaning lots of cleaning agencies cavi wipes cavi spray iodine alcohol alcohol, alcohol mm -hmm. wipes yeah so mm -hmm. also our sanitation stuff is in there too mm -hmm. we kind of have three we kind of have three rooms we have we and we've refigured we reconfigured it because of covid but we have an entry room where we have our desks and the armoire we don't have a real closet in this whole office which is challenging and then mm -hmm. the, we are calling it the break room but it used it has a little sink like a bar sink and some cupboards in there and then we also have other things like we keep our um instant pot that we use to sterilize instruments we keep our little refrigerator for our lunches and medications and then um things like well, we have a little table in there. It's it's a very small room. It's probably supposed to be a closet, if I had to guess. It probably is. Probably <laughs> is a storage closet, and we just use it as a room. Mm -hmm. And then we have a big room where we have our consultations and exams, and so that's that's where we most of our clients spend their time in there. I mean, our clients spend most of their time in there. So yeah, so in that room, in the exam room, we've got an exam table um with that has some drawers and cupboards and so we keep our lab supplies in there mm -hmm. our kind of overflow overflow oxygen supplies mm -hmm. what else is in that drawer um like i feel like most of the stuff we need for that we would need in the moment for an exam so all of the vaginal exam stuff pap supplies um cultures and swabs and yeah all that stuff we use under pads for ex for vaginal exams. We mm -hmm. use reusable under pads. We try to minimize our disposable product use, which is very difficult, especially in a pandemic. But yeah, yeah. we use um, 
cloth under pads that are, I think you, I think they're usually used in nursing homes. They're not so much mm -hmm. hospital use, but more like nursing home use, or maybe like not obstetrical hospital use, but other departments. Um, and then for privacy, we have some sheets. So I just took twin sheets and cut them in half and surged the edges. Mm -hmm. So um, that's our privacy covers for when we do an exam. Mm -hmm. Some people have paper sheets and paper or use plastic checks pads for those. Probably mm -hmm. try to use cloth for that. And do you re were you attending births as a doula in the 90s? Was that, did you go back that far? Because I remember them using the cloth pads. The cloth pads. Yeah, yeah. I do remember it a little bit in when I was a, when I was a doula, which was in the, you know, mm -hmm. early 2000s, but yeah, but not very much. It was, they were definitely transitioning out and I haven't seen them for ages now. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really nice. And so, and then I do laundry every week. I guess that's important to mention for, right. Um, unless I don't, sometimes I leave our bag because it's not very full and then our assistant does laundry. So I always feel guilty. I feel like I need to remember to like, do it. Oops. Um, we also use washcloths for wiping Doppler gel off rather than paper towels. So we try to mm -hmm. do that. We do use paper towels for, um, and we have a whole other podcast about sanitizing, but when right. we spray the cavi, uh, cab aside, then we use a paper towel to wipe it up and then also mm -hmm. use some disposable wipes. Um, oh, and then also in that room, we have a dresser with drawers. And mm -hmm. on the dresser, we put the scale and the changing pad for the babies. Or, yeah, changing pad and a baby scale. And um, that has six. It's an Ikea dresser. Do you remember what the line is called? Him is it Hymnus or whatever? I, f I think so. Yeah. Um, it's one, their bigger dresser and it's got six big drawers that we can have for storage. All of this is because we don't really have a closet in this office. So it's part of right. why it's right. challenging. Yeah. Um, and we tend to do things in that dresser, like paperwork kind of things and mm -hmm. samples. We get samples because we have welcome jars for new clients. Um, but we've also got the newborn screen stuff in there and the hearing screen stuff. So, yeah. which makes sense because we've got the changing pad and everything in there. So, mm -hmm. and I keep a closed system breast pump in there so that we can have other, if somebody needs a pump for some reason, we've got a pump available. So, but we don't use it that often, actually. Most, I think with people getting their pumps through their insurance, most people have a pump mm -hmm. right away. Good. So that's kind of office. What are we? Oh, we've got paperwork things also in it. We have some file drawers with our desk in the right. In the first right. We don't have very much paper because most of what we do is electronic. So we have electronic charting software. Our handouts we give out as PDFs, except for a few. Right. Like I used to have a big filing cabinet with everybody's charts in it, and then um, a closet with, you know, in my practice in Phoenix where I worked with somebody who had been practicing for a long time. We had a storage closet of, of boxes, a 20 years worth of boxes of charts, you know, because we roll well, 21, because we would keep them for 21 years. So it was, it was nuts. There were a lot of boxes of charts and now we don't have any of that. That's actually a really good point that you bring up that we are required to 
I, different states have different laws, but um, 18 to 21 years, you have to retain records. So, mm -hmm. um, so online storage is great for that. Digital storage is great. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have, to, if you have charts and protected patient information in your, on paper in your office, it has to be locked. Um, and so that, and that's a HIPAA rule. And it's also a rule, I forget, it might not be HIPAA. Um, whoever the organization, whatever um, government agency oversees HIPAA and oversees Medicaid and um, they have rules about, you know, right. how, how records need to be stored. Mm -hmm. um, so if it's a paper chart, then you have to lock it away um, if it's paper information. So, Okay, now let's talk about our bags. Okay. What, how many bags do you have? I have three bags that I take into the birth with me. So those live in my car. So I've got a prenatal bag that has like blood pressure cuff and Doppler and, you know, so the stuff to take vitals, the stuff to do. Uh, newborn screens, the, you know, just stuff I would need to do in a home visit. Um, but so I also, I call my prenatal bag, my prenatal bag too, but it also includes postpartum home visits. Right. It's, yeah. so it's also used in the birth. It's also used in postpartum yeah. home visits and newborn visits and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, then I have my quote unquote birth bag and what's in there is like all the to, you know, extra disposable supplies, um, medications, sharps, containers, you know, just um, the stuff we only need for the birth and not, not in a regular home visit. Mm -hmm. And then the third bag is my oxygen bag, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my bags are exactly the same. My oxygen bag though is bigger than your oxygen bag. So my resuscitation equipment is in with my oxygen. Right. right. Whereas it is in the birth bag. Right. My my oxygen bag is just the oxygen. <laughs> I also have one of those bags, but I like putting all the resuscitation equipment with the. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that works really well. Oxygen. But it does have a downside, and that is if you don't put it in your car right, you can squish your Ambu bag, and then it's really hard to get the right. grease out of it or the the squish out of it. That know. happens too. I used to have a breath saver plus bag and I really liked that. But when I went to, you didn't like it. I liked it. I had a smaller one than you. So maybe I just had the breath saver. Breath saver one. And then I must have had the breath saver plus or something. Yeah. So I loved it. I thought it was great. I didn't put as much stuff in it as you did though. Um, and I think it was smaller, but then when I went to buy it again, I was like, ew, I don't want to spend, you know, whatever it was on that bag. So I'm just yeah. going to get an oxygen bag. <laughs> fans of iron duck bags and mm -hmm. um, I'm sure in our vast listenership they would like to sponsor us for this post or right. for this podcast but yes. we love the iron duck bags I yeah. actually switched to using the uh, uh oh I can't remember what it's called the resuscitation bag has the form in it um through precious arrows um like resuscitation Cradle. Yes, the recessive okay. cradle bag. And that's okay. my resuscitation bag, although I don't like the cradle. So I've it velcroed in and I took it out and I just use it mm -hmm. as a bag now. Mm -hmm. I the my breath saver bag was way too big 
and I did load it up. It was like 50 pounds. It was a hard carry. Yeah. The evolution of my bags is, by the way, I do have a bag problem. I am somewhat of a bag lady. I'm very, very picky about my bags. So I have changed bags a lot, but, um, I think the smaller breath saver bag might be good. The recessive cradle bag is not perfect, but it's pretty good. It's got organizational pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I have my same thing, oxygen bag, birth bag, prenatal bag. So three bags, cause you can get them all in. If you have to run in, you can mm-hmm. run them all right. from right. the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and my prenatal bag is a little bigger. My prenatal bag is your birth bag. We use the same right. bag. Yes. Yeah. So my prenatal bag is. My prenatal bag is. Little. A, it was a nurse bag is what it was called. So it was just, oh. yeah. So it's a little more compact. No, wait, I'm confused. <clears throat> I have a smaller iron duck bag for my prenatal bag. I switched them around. My, we have the same birth bag and they're both purple, which is confusing. It is. Yes. <laughs> but I think mine is more loaded up than yours. Mm-hmm. And in mine, so once upon a time, I had this iron duck suitcase. It was like a rolling suitcase that was um, my birth bag. And it was really heavy and it tipped. Every time you set it down, it tipped over. So I didn't really like that for my birth bag, but it had these little pouches in it, a red, mm-hmm. green, and blue pouch. And I took those out of my birth bag and I use them in my current birth bag, which is much smaller. Um to organize. I have suturing stuff in one. I have sterile stuff like amni hooks and um, catheters and stuff in the other. And then the third one, I have my instruments in that bag. Mm-hmm. So I've used the little bags from the one suitcase and then transported them over to the other bag. And then I gave the suitcase away. Um, and that was like a $400 bag, by the way. So right. It's pretty right. sad that it didn't. Yeah. It wasn't the right thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you're doing that. I might look at doing something like that I think too, you can but them separately. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, and I, uh, I just have to try to remember which pockets, cause there's like a thousand pockets. I have to try to remember which pockets house, which things. And those bags birth- slide right into the biggest, the biggest section of that bag. They slide in really nicely. Pretty cool. I also have my IV supplies in a separate bag. Um, which is a, it's a hangable bag. So if you do place an IV, you can hang, hang it from the bag. Cool. Um, if you can find a place to hang it at a home birth, which right. is always a challenge. Right. It is indeed. Um, and then we both have like lab supplies, more mm-hmm. disinfect, you know, disinfecting wipes. Um, I carry my, once the instruments have been used at the birth, we scrub them down with an iodine scrub brush and then put them in the dirty instrument bag. And then that's what comes in to before sterilizing instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in my car, so I carry a lot more stuff in my car than you do. My car is ridiculous. It's out of control. <laughs> Again, you can get a glimpse of this on TikTok last week. And by the way, it was before I tidied it up. But um, in my car, I have three big bins. I have a, the very large bin is extra birth supplies, which includes about five oxygen tanks in it. It includes the the, shield, the face shields and the gowns in case we ever had a situation where right. we'd need them, which is never. 
I put all of the, um, I like to keep three slings to weigh the babies in my car at a time because that way I can kind of go from one to the next. Um, we leave the slings at their house and use them for the, their next two postpartum visits and then take them and wash them and reincorporate them afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a little bin with personal items like an extra change of clothes and some toiletries and things like that. I have a tiny little space heater in there. It's a long story, but I was trying to stay warm in my car in COVID in the middle of the night in winter. And so uh, I right. bought a little space heater to use. Um, and then I have another little bin that has emergency equipment. So it has a first aid kit. It has roadside emergency equipment. It has an extra roll of toilet paper. Also something that I started carrying around with COVID when we were not sure if people would have toilet paper. It's a great um, idea. So, so yeah. And then just a few other things. Like I always carry a camping chair with me and then my, um, uh, what's that called? Like the brush that you brush the snow off your car with. Oh yeah. yeah. Obviously is in my car and a coat and a rain jacket and an umbrella. And wow. so I have like all of that kind of stuff. I could, I could literally live in my car for a week if I had to. Wow. Yeah. So I have got, and you've got your birth stool in there. Oh yeah. And that birth stool is so big. Again, so big. see it on the TikTok. So I've got a bin that is not, it's pretty rudimentary in it, but it does have like it's stuffed with like extra stuff, including face shields and gowns and gloves and masks and um, extra sterile supplies. So, you know, usually we have some leftover stuff from a birth. So some of that will end up in my bin so that I can have it if I need it later. Um, and that's about it. I try to keep a pillow and blanket oh. with Yes, I you also pillow and blanket and a thermorest. Yes, a thermorest as well. Yeah, so I I try to keep a pillow and blanket, um, especially in the winter. So like right now, I don't have one in there, but I would be sad if I had to sleep in my car and I didn't have it. That would be unfortunate. Mm -hmm. um, I don't usually carry my birth stool because I have kids and I need to use some of my cargo space. Um, but sometimes I have my birth stool. If I know that somebody's coming up that has requested it, or I don't know, I think that it would be a good thing for them or something, but usually I'll just do something else besides the birth stool. If we're needing, yeah. you know, if we're needing, you know, we midwives are creative, right? So you have the Amish one from Precious Arrows, and then I have the Kaya, which is a giant molded plastic one. I really think I want to switch to the wooden one that has the legs that screw on and it fits in a tiny bag. I love that idea. I think we need to think about upgrading that soon because the Kaya <laughs> is such a pain. Oh my gosh. And I thought it was good because people could use it in the shower, but uh, no. Has anyone used it in the shower? No. Yeah. It's, it's very big. It's so big. It's so big. Yeah. Um, good. Let's see. Oh, medications. We wanted to make sure that we circle back. Um, mm -hmm. So we have this thing. So I hear midwives say, well, I just keep my medications at home and then I grab them if I need them. But we are not always at home when people go into labor. So we both feel really strongly that we need to have all our stuff with us at all times. Mm -hmm. I do not want to, it could take an hour to get across Denver. I don't right. want to have to go home and get stuff. That would be 
it would be a problem. So yeah, I want to feel like I can just run in, like, even if I am bare bones, like right now, my car is bare bones. All I have in my car is my bag because we just went camp, my bags, you know, I don't have my bin full of stuff. I just have my bags, but I could still go to a birth because yeah. I have my hands and I have my meds and I have my bags. <laughs> Right. I mean, it's definitely, we have to be ready to go and, and we might not be home when somebody goes into labor. Right. So, right. um, but with that, I am fortunate enough to get to park in a garage when I'm at home, which is good for temperature control, but because right. I might be at the office, I might be shopping for the day, whatever. Um, we do, this does mean that we have to have medications that usually need to maintain, be maintained at room temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, in our car. And so the way that I have addressed this, I don't know if this is how you're doing it, but I use a little Yeti. It's just a water bottle cooler, but it's a big one. Mm -hmm. And I can just get, I can get enough medications mm -hmm. for two births. If, if everybody wanted to do vitamin K and everybody wanted to do Pitocin or needed Pitocin, you know, like two complete sets of medications and they're with syringes. Um, and I do think it protects it um mm -hmm. a little bit yeah yeah so I tried that I didn't really like how it fit in my bag and so I ended up getting like a high quality um thermal bag oh. so that's that's what my so it squishes and we do have one medic well we have two medications that have to be refrigerated rogam is something that we do in the postpartum oh. visit so it's not a big deal we can just grab that before we go to a postpartum visit from the fridge um, the other one is methogen is a anti-hemorrhagic medication that has to be refrigerated and it's not practical to do it that way. So what we have um, started doing is put, is getting it in a, uh, what am I trying to say? Like an insulated envelope. We put mm -hmm. it in there and then we put it in the family's refrigerator. If they mm -hmm. have risk factors for postpartum hemorrhage, it, it, we, sometimes we, for a while we were doing it with everybody, but it's very expensive we were forgetting mm -hmm. to pick it up and yeah. we like hardly ever use it. So it would expire and yeah. 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 So it's, it was a difficult and we would lose it. I mean, we just wouldn't even be able, but so anyway, that's a medication that we have access to that we have a plan for it. Now, if, if somebody was, you know, if, if so, we could also go get it from the refrigerator if we needed it, but this is just like the planning for the worst case scenario kind of plan. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it also has more side effects. It has more risks. Like it's not our first line medication. It would mm -hmm. be the thing that we would use if we needed to really, really needed to, but it's good to have it if you need it. Mm -hmm. um, okay. What else? I think that's, everything on my list. What else do you want to talk about organization? I think that's all, everything. The, somebody suggested an episode about electronic stuff. So I think we could do another one just on that, but how we do mm -hmm. our outs and how we do our charting. Although I don't know, maybe there's not enough. It'd be a short, it could be a short episode if we ever need yeah. to. Just <laughs> Too much to, to tack on to this one, but we'll see. We'll see yeah. if it's enough for its own thing. I think this is not the most entertaining material. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I love organizational things, but to hear yeah. about it is a little different. So I will put a couple of videos in there 
in the pod in the I'm sorry the blog for the podcast this week mm-hmm. all right well I guess that's it have a good week rest of your week all right bye <laughs>